these lights are blinding. <laughs> I have not focused on a face. I don't, I don't even know. I, see, I know there are people. Wave your hands at me out there. Come on. I see the hand motioning, but honestly, uh, yeah, these corrective lenses here have not corrected very much. <laughs> Let me move on now. Listen, Pete Kunkel, that's a pastor. He's in Kernersville, North Carolina. You heard of Kernersville? That, well, it, it is an actual place. And Pete actually has, I don't know the uh, population or anything, but I know he is listed among having uh, a mega church there. And the mega church is just simply a church that runs over a thousand. Pete Kunkel used to uh, do a revival annually over in Myrtle Beach. And I heard Pete Kunkel say this out of his own mouth. He told the story that he was uh, just in uh, traffic and, and, and uh, he began to notice that a car was tailgating him. He said he must have done something to irritate or agitate the driver. And so the driver continued to just tailgate. And finally, when the driver got a chance, he maneuvered around him and, and pulled up beside him. And, was, and he, Pete said he, when he looked over, the guy was just shaking his fist towards him. And, and he said and he looked and he focused and he said, it was one of my deacons. <laughs> Now, let me tell you, I gave you the PG version of that story, and he, Pete Kunkel said this. He said that the guy was shaking his finger at him, telling him he's number one. <laughs> he told that for truth, but he, the guy wasn't living up to his true self, was he? Uh, or maybe he was. <laughs> Three pastors were on a fishing trip, and finally they... You know, weren't catching many fish, but they got the idea, let's go ahead and confess some things. And they, they each wanted to confess their secret sin. And so the first one said, well, guys, I got to tell you, for me, it's gambling. He said, man, I bet on things. I don't ever want in my congregation to find out I gamble and, and waste money. And, and, and I'd be, I need to be a better steward than that. So the second guy, he held his head down and said, well, I have a weakness too. And he said, sometimes I, I have one too many drinks. He said, I just, you know, it's just a habit of mine and I don't like it. I haven't been able to overcome that. And uh, I want y'all to pray for me. And so the third guy, there was silence and they looked around and said, wait a minute, now we've confessed. Don't you have something? He said, yes, I do. My secret sin is gossip, and I can't wait to get back and tell it. <laughs> oh, I do have a sermon to preach in. <laughs> but this woman I can't live without. She's begging me not to tell this. <laughs> but, but we, we got to talk about things sometimes. And... Um, Wanda and I agreed uh, on, on this uh, thing that we would do and uh, when we are challenged or faced with going over budget, she's out shopping or I'm out shopping, I like to buy a lot of you know, impulsive spending and things. And so I told Wanda, I said, if you're out shopping and you, you see something you like, and you just got to start saying, you know, hey, to kill the urge, just say, get thee behind me, Satan. And, and, and so we, that became our catchphrase, get thee behind me, say. And so we come home and I get to the house one day and there's a bag on, and I was like, 
uh-oh. And she said, yeah, that's just a lovely dress. I had to buy it. I, just, I said, but then I tell you, what happened? Didn't you say, get thee behind me? Say, she said, yes, I said. And he said, one that looks good from back here, too. <laughs> and so she... <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Our message today, I hope, will help each of us to live better, to make wiser decisions. See, the Word of God is a standard. Amen? Amen. The Word of God challenges us. The Word of God in its positives and in its negative uh, standards, it's our test. It's our test in regards to our personal conduct. conduct. And so I want to talk to you today about a good thing in a good place for a good purpose. A message comes from Psalms 119, verses 9, 10, and 11. Psalms 119, verses 9, 10, and 11. And the word reads this way. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. With all my heart I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. Thy word, verse 11, I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Say it with me. A good thing in a good place for a good purpose. The word of God, thy word is a good thing. And in our hearts is a good place and that we might not sin against God is a good purpose. Thy word. The Word of God has great value. Matter of fact, the Word, word of God in Proverbs uh, 3 and 13, it says that it's more precious than gold. That's a great commodity. I mean, the United States Treasury, our dollar value is backed by gold. Think about all the bling bling. Think about all, all that you and I possess. Gold's value is intrinsic, whether it's in a fashion gold chain or necklace or a ring. I can take this ring and just beat it down into just a little ball and you can put it on the scale and its value doesn't diminish because I ruined uh, this nice ring. The value is intrinsic. It's within itself. So God's word has even greater value than that. In one place I want us to look is what? the word can do it what it can do is found in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 and 13 thy word let's look there for the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joint and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart the word of god can do this the word of god can help correct our wrong thinking the word of god is able to cause us to do self uh, assessments and accountability the word of god is that tool that we need to help us get through day-to-day living what the Word of God can accomplish Isaiah 55 tells us that and this is listen this is not a deep uh, theological message it's just a simple practical message to help you and me take the next steps Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 11 
And I like this verse particularly because sometimes we think that the Word of God is not doing or accomplishing for us what we need it to accomplish. But the Word says that for my thoughts, this is concerning God and His Word, my, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter which I sent it. Think about the value of that word that is able to help us correct our thought process. The word of God that is guaranteed to have its effect in your life if you just get it in you. That's why the teaching that's why the devotions, the time spent with God's Word is so valuable because it has a purpose. Develop your own plan, whether it's reading through Proverbs, reading through Psalms, reading a chapter a day, reading through the Bible. I tell you, when I was in ministry just down the street there, uh, what probably, and honestly, I had been in ministry 15 years almost, and I had never read through the Bible. <laughs> they say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I hadn't. I had never done it from cover to cover. Now, my Bible education, I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in sacred literature. I know Bible and had studied, practically, I have a, uh, some notes on every chapter in the Bible, practically, uh, notebooks and study and all of that. But I had never systematically read through the Bible. Not just for reading's sake, but just to say, let's get this valuable word in us. Amen? Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. And I was shamed because I have a guy that le was legally blind. And every year he read through the Bible. Each time he would see me Sunday mornings, he'd tell me what his reading was for the day. And, and randomly, honestly, if you see him, meet him anywhere, you, and you practically, if it's nine o'clock in the morning or something, you ask him, and he will tell you what his devotion thoughts were, what chapters he had read in the Bible. And I thought, man, this guy's legally blind, and he's reading through large print Bible every year. And so now, for the last five or six years, every year, it's what I do. And as of this morning, I'm on track. Now, last week, I was about five days behind, but I, I got caught up, though. But seriously, the value of the word. Remember, the Bible says the power of death and life are in the tongue, the words that we, that we use. Now, that's, that's a personal word, but I'm talking about the value of the word of God. And so we can't come, it can't come out if it's not in there. So the word of God is a good thing. A good place, let's move right along. A good place is in our hearts. The word of God. In buildings like this throughout our city, in other cities and states around the world or globe, there are nicely dressed, well 
mannered, smiling faces, good intentioned people, just like we are right here gathered. I see you now. I got a little bit of clarity just coming in. I think they, you took a little, maybe they took a little dim, a little bit off the lights there. But listen, <laughs> now after making you all feel so wonderful, Jeremiah 17, it's in the Bible. Jeremiah chapter, chapter 17. I want you to see what it says about our heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. And here's the word. Let me find my place here. I didn't bookmark these. Let me see. Okay. The heart. Now listen to this. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, and even give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. That verse gives me a big problem. And self-admittedly, I know that this statement is true. These words are true about, and many times you point here, not, this is the cardiac, this pumps the blood through your body, your heart is talking about the here. The seed of the emotion, the decision-making process of our minds when the Bible talks about the heart. But the Apostle Paul was right here where we are in chapter 7. Listen, that's written, that's a Christian writer. That's an inspired man of God writing in Romans chapter 7. And he says, the good that I desire to do, I do not do, but the very thing that I hate, I do. And he's wrestling there. And even by the time you reach verse 25, he says, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And ultimately, you and I know, if we are honest, we know that although we are nice and well-meaning people, deep down inside, there's a problem. And it has to do with the mind. Because with the mind, we can serve God. And with the mind, we also, and, and James talks about this conflict of salt and spring water flowing from the same vessel. It can't do be and it shouldn't be. But we know that in Romans, the answer comes to the apostle, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. The word, Jesus. He is the word, right? Well, that's why we need this valuable tool that God has given us. We need to know Jesus. We need to know and do as he has done. I know that WWJD has already sold out and lived out its life, but at that we can go back there. Or rather, we need to do as Jesus did. And let's take this sage advice from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, please. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Folks, take that advice. Take that scripture and maybe get it engraved on something or like they did the phylacteries or get a, maybe they'll make a nice tattoo for someone. <laughs> maybe I need to get that. <laughs> maybe I need to get that one. And, uh, and don't, don't, maybe don't take me literally there, but like my daughter did. My daughter comes home one day 
and and uh, and I didn't know where she'd gone. And she and her mom must have agreed to this. And she's got a tattoo. The little girl right there. <laughs> and she shows it. She says, "You've been telling me I should get more faith." She has faith, right? <laughs> tattoo on her. <laughs> I didn't mean that way. Faith. The faith. <laughs> so she has faith tattooed on her hand there, her arm there. But it's all right, girl. You're still daddy's girl. A good thing, thy word in our hearts is a good place for a good purpose. Let's move a little further. For a good purpose. What's that purpose? To avoid sin. To avoid sin. Let me get back to my spot here. I just wanted to. Uh, Thy word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The word gives us instructions on how we can avoid the pitfalls and those things that trip us up so easily and entangle us. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The word of God tells us uh, what we can do. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 particularly. I want to get there. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man or woman, the person of God, may be thoroughly equipped every good work. That's verse 15 says the word gives us wisdom for salvation. Folks, the stakes are too high. The stakes are too high for us not to heed this advice. We need it. We have to take it serious, seriously when, when it comes to uh, putting this word in our hearts so that we don't sin against God. Because Jesus said it this way, what does it profit a person, a man, if he gains the whole world and loses the soul? I don't know if you've thought of it this way, but think. Jesus says that every Thing in this world doesn't compare to one soul being lost. That's what that says. What does it profit if you gain the whole world and then lose the soul? Your soul. It's, an, it's individual, he says. One person, you are more valuable to God than everything in this world, which is passing away. And the word of God has great benefits. It's profitable. 
it can help us. It can teach us and train us and show us how and the things that we should do. Well, how do I get it into my mind? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Wanda saying song, bring it to the altar. The Old Testament prescription of the altar was what? Where sacrifices were made. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. To get rid of stinking thinking, to avoid the tricks of sin, being entangled with, and living up to God's ordained standard and purpose for your lives like Jesus. Amen? Let's live up to that. Well, the process, the word there is metamorphosis. To be transformed. Remember the old, I don't know when, what era it was, but transformers. My kids used to play with those little things and they would change from an animal to a car and so those were neat objects. But what about the process of a, going from a worm to a butterfly? That process exists as well. That's the process of metamorphosis, the cycle or the life cycle of a butterfly. And you see it there. The worm spins the cocoon and he goes there and he emerges. Beautiful. That's what God says that can happen if you and I get the word in our hearts up here. The word can transform you, literally change you, bring about beautiful benefits to your life. You don't have to be like the deacon shaking his fist at his pastor <laughs> or out of control with your spending like... <laughs> You can have these things under control, but the way that you can do it, it demands that you and I allow God's word to change us. And the way that that happens is you take this word, which is a good thing, amen? Put it in our hearts, which is a good place. And then it allows us to avoid sin, which is a good purpose. There's a story. Before I say that, let me give us some, my top ten before I close. My top ten, just like Jesus, scriptural principles to help us live a God-intended life. Number one is, let's guard our tongue. Others will respect you. Make promises sparingly. Keep them faithfully, and people will trust you. Never let opportunity pass to say a kind word. Be outspoken. Be liberal with your compliments to other people. And folks, it's okay to say, hey, that's a nice little 
whatever, a little trinket, just find something. And I'm not talking about making things up. Don't ever come up to me and tell, man, you are one good looking guy. Don't, we know, I know a lie when I hear one. But just, I'm saying, but listen, say I like the watch or the band or so, anything. But be liberal. Have a kind word. Be genuinely interested in others. Be cheerful. Put a smile on our faces and let people know that we are glad to be above ground today. This is a good day. Any day above ground is a good day. Amen. Yes, it is. Keep an open mind and don't argue, Michael. <laughs> Give others the benefit of the doubt. Yes. That's transformation, and that takes change, and it takes work, folks. Yeah, and, and not have, and I've learned so much here. Honestly, folks, sitting and seeing, demonstrated in practical ways, as well as the messages that flow from this pulpit that speaks into our lives and the pastor's life that's emulating the Christ-likeness and one thing, honestly, Pastor Carl said, and, 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 it just, it, and it was a big change, and it helped lift the, a load off of me to keep an open mind and give people the benefit of the God. Now, when Pastor Carl said, I judge no man for nothing. Because it's so easy to see something going on over here, see somebody doing something, and then you, and, and for me, personally, I start making assessments and running through them. By the time... I'm, I'm done with it. They're, they're criminal. Oh, they're heathen. They're done. Oh, that was why they did that. Folks, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear is said there. And some truth to that. It can hold some truth. I'm, the Bible does say make right, righteous judgments, but it doesn't say be judgmental and critical and harsh. It says to, for us to do everything. Indecency into into love, love trumps it all, right? Amen. Dis discourage gossip, even if it is your secret sin. <laughs> Be sensitive to the feelings of others. Pay no attention to ill-natured remarks about you. Live so that nobody will believe it. Okay. Oh, you know, so and so. Well, live opposite that. Live in such a way that you 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 outlive that reputation and become that individual that people say, "Well, I've I've never met that side of that person." Even if they had some negative encounter with you, and that's very likely. I know it is for me. You've had a negative experience, but let's repent, turn around, and go forward. And when you do that, then people will see the authenticity and they'll see that you're someone that can be trusted and you earn their respect. And that's what it's talking about. I know ill-natured remarks and comments and things they're said about us. They talked about Jesus. They'll talk about you. But still, you need to live a life whereas no one will believe that those mistakes have defined you. Okay? Don't worry about getting the credit. Just keep giving up or giving your best and be patient because God is keeping a record and God will reward. Amen.
everyone, even a glass of water that's given, the Bible says it will be rewarded, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So do kindnesses. Be your better self in all arenas of life. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. I put that good thing in the good place for the good purpose. Lay's potato chips, you ever heard of them? Look at there. Yes. There is a true story about potato chips when they were originally marketed. They sliced and diced them and bagged and packaged them and put them on the shelves. And believe it or not, they sold, but not very much. And guess what? They went back to the drawing board, pulled them from the shelves, sliced them, added a dash of salt, repackaged them, and Lay's has coined the phrase, you can't eat just one. Why? Because they took a little salt. They put that good thing in a good place for a good purpose. And they've been selling every since. And you and I, too, need to take that word and let it have the benefits that it can for our lives. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 God bless you, God. Thank you.